You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, and I appreciate you joining me today. We're going to hit just some kind of assorted news and notes here in the first segment. Then in the second segment, we'll touch on uh, um, the spring game, really spring practice as a whole, you know, just how spring practice went, what impressions we're getting from what we heard from Coach P and what little we got to see um, in that scrimmage. And then we'll wrap things up and, and get out of here. But first, I wanted to pass along some news and notes from TCU Athletics. And this uh, first one's associated with TCU football. They have added Red Oak assistant coach Bam Harrison as a recruiting analyst. Matt Stepp, who uh, covers Texas high school football like nobody else for uh, Dave Campbell's Texas high school football, said that Coach Harrison is as connected as it gets along the I-20 corridor. Congrats to uh, the Red Oak coach, Bam Harrison. He uh, gets that job and is now part of the TCU coaching staff. So, one reason I really like this, I'm not super familiar with Bam, but obviously he's got connections in the Metroplex. Step mentioned that he uh, is is popular on the I-20 corridor. He knows everyone sort of around there. I saw that he has connections to DeSoto, which is obviously a school that is churning out talent um, on a year-in-year-out basis. But you're seeing this trend more and more in college football and in staffs across the country. You saw Baylor go and hire Joe McGuire. That was one of the first things that Matt Rule did when he took over. Um, Texas hired Chris Lancaster, or excuse me, Chris Gilbert from Lancaster. Chris Gilbert, head coach at Lancaster, as their director of high school um, relations. Uh, We saw Rashad Samples, who's now the associate head coach at SMU, but he was an assistant coach under his father, Reginald, at Duncanville. Uh, he was at Texas, was an ace recruiter for that UT staff, and then SMU brought him on, made him a position coach, and he quickly got promoted to um, associate head coach after that because they saw the value in having him on staff. He's brought some Duncanville kids to SMU. He's also a guy that has connections all across the Metroplex. And some of the, a lot of those staffs that I mentioned, I mean, Rule comes in from Philly and – he brings in um, Joey McGuire as part of, you know, that Texas connection, right? Like he uh, he needs those ties in Texas because he's not from here. Um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian brings in Gilbert because, again, he's an outsider in the Texas high school football world. SMU, uh, I don't think Sonny Dykes is an outsider by any means, but he just kind of wanted someone who was on that Metroplex beat with him on staff. So for TCU, I mean, that's not their scenario. Like Gary is as trusted as it gets. I remember a couple of years ago when uh, the Texas football magazine came out, they did a survey and coach P was the most trusted among college football coaches in Texas. As far as who do you trust to send your players to um, whose word do you trust among, you know, college football coaches in the state of Texas, excuse me, all the high school coaches in the state. They voted, and the number one guy they trusted the most was Gary Patterson. Um, so he has great relationships, but you can never have enough of those inroads, have enough of those um, relationships 
across the spectrum because you never know who's going to have a great prospect, especially in the Metroplex, you know, year to year, who's going to be the team that has a great QB or a great defensive tackle, and you need to find a way to get in on that recruitment. So uh, Coach Bam is going to help with that. I think it's a great idea. As I said earlier, you're seeing more uh, schools, especially in the state of Texas, take this approach, adding high school coaches to their staff, either as an analyst or as um, a recruiting coordinator to help just solidify what they're already doing, you know, in in the world of Texas high school football. And uh, Bam Harrison played in the NFL. Um, He was a wide receiver kick returner for the Chargers and Eagles. He was the um, recruiting coordinator and wide receiver coach at Red Oak High School. All around, I think this is just a great addition to a staff um, that was already doing well in that department. And hopefully it will help recruiting, which the last two years, I know the classes have been smaller, and that's been kind of the reason we've been given for why the rankings are not there. But that momentum does seem to have tapered off a little bit. Um, even though I think if you look at the the players that they're getting, uh, they're still pretty highly rated. It's just the amount of kids that they've been taking in as of late has not matched what they were doing two or three years ago. Or I should say, for the two or three years you know, leading up to this 2021 class, which was not as highly ranked in the Big 12, mainly because it was uh, a smaller class with, with not the amount of numbers that they've been bringing in as of late. Okay, the other thing I want to mention in this segment, uh, TCU soccer. They made history today. The bracket came out for the NCAA Division I Women's Soccer Championship, and this is going to be in a bubble in North Carolina, and TCU is the number four overall seed, the number four national seed. Um, they're in a bracket with uh, their first-round matchup. They get a bye, and then their their first matchup in the tournament is going to be either against New Mexico or Navy, whoever wins that game. Other teams um, in that side of the bracket, Georgetown is going to get the winner of South Carolina-Montana, and then whoever wins that Georgetown-South Carolina-Montana game will take on TCU. West Virginia is also um, in TCU's region. And they are the number five national seed. Uh, they These two teams face each other in the fall with TCU winning so they could win a Big 12 title. They only lost one game on the year. The, the Frogs did. Uh, they tied one game. It was their first game of the season in the fall against Baylor. The loss came to Texas A&M in the spring. So I have really high hopes for uh, the Horn Frogs as Coach Eric Bell takes his team into battle in a couple of weeks. Part of me wishes that they could have played this tournament in the fall because they were playing so well, um, you know, going into the end of the regular season. I wish they could have just picked up right there and played, but they're getting their chance now. They have a really good team, and, you know, we'll see how far they can go. But I think this is definitely a Final Four caliber group, as evidenced by the fact that they're the number four overall national seed and kind of have the inside track in that bracket. So we'll uh, we'll follow along as they make their run. Right now, though, I do want to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is uh, great. I love it. And it, it's a great resource for someone like me who doesn't know a whole lot about vehicles. But it's also um, a, a fantastic resource for do-it-yourselfers, for mechanics, 
Um, you can find exactly what you need. You can find exactly the parts you need for your car, the make, the model, and the price, too. Rock Auto is not going to gouge you. They stay with reasonable prices. Um, they help you find exactly what you need for your vehicle. You're not going to get to, you're not going to have to waste time going through ads, waste time filling out surveys um, to get the right information. The right information is just going to come to you. RockAuto.com. Go there today. They have a How Did You Hear About Us section. And uh, we'd love if you would click Locked On when it prompts you to, just so they know, hey, oh, the Locked On Podcast Network sent me there. Reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Go there today. Start servicing your vehicle. Back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, segment number two coming your way. And spring football is over. It's wrapped up. So let's talk about just some observations uh, from the spring. The spring game, you know, I, I think it went about as everybody expected. Um, Zach Evans had a 75-yard touchdown run. The offense had some good drives. Blake Newell had a great uh, catch and run off a slant from Matthew Downing. Matthew Downing looked pretty sharp. Uh, Chandler Morris looked okay when he got in there. Max Duggan only played a couple series, uh, you know, which I, I think means that he's – the unquestioned starter and that's just been something that's developed as the springs uh you know gone along one interesting note and um i I heard gary say this and then i saw jeremy clark who writes for 247 he wrote a story about it today and that's uh you know i plug for them they do a great job if you want to subscribe to their site but he wrote a story about marcel brooks um impressing the spring and he got in there a little bit in the spring game and Gary said that he's making some strides you know I still maintain that Marcel it's gonna be really tough for him to make any sort of impact because I just I don't see how you can pick up on some of the nuances and uh, intricacies of playing that wide receiver position in one off season. but he is a great athlete so maybe you know he can find a way even if it's not um, with polished route running to get out there and and use his athleticism to get down the field and make some plays. But as far as the receiving core goes, I mean, Quentin Johnston is the guy. Like, he's he's the unquestioned leader. Um, he's he's the player that's going to make plays, that's going to go up and catch, you know, contested balls, 50-50 balls. Uh, that size and that frame, he looks bigger, he looks thicker than he did um, last season, which is great news. Hopefully it allows him to have some more strength and be even uh, more difficult to stop, you know, in, in those one-on-one situations. But his ability to go up and make plays is going to be huge. And if him and Max can develop a good rapport and Max can um, continue to work on, you know, throwing the ball down the field accurately, leading his receivers, making those tough throws, then I, I think this offense has the potential to be really good. Offensive line, um, you know, I saw the starting lineup and nothing really surprised me except for Andrew Coker getting another start at tackle. I thought they might go a different direction there, but apparently he had a good spring and, and has held up pretty well. If that unit gets to work together consistently throughout the year, then I have a lot of hope for for what they can do because I think they have some talent, and I just think if, if you can get five offensive linemen um, – to a place where they're used to each other, they understand their their you know reads and responsibilities. They know exactly what they need to do. Then it it, it can do some some really special wonders. Zach Evans uh, had that explosive run. I mean he's he's a player. He's a dude. There's no doubt about it. 
And as he goes, um, I, I think this offense will go in some ways. If he can get good tough yardage and then get up to the second and third level and run past people, uh, that's an element. That's a balanced element that TCU hasn't had in a while, that ability to pass and run so that teams aren't just keen on one guy or one aspect of the offense. And then I mentioned it earlier, but it does really feel like Max has positioned himself as the unquestioned leader of this team, which, I mean, good for him. I think that's good news for this group. I think that's, um, you know, good news moving forward that he's established himself as that person. And if if he improves and becomes more consistent um, in the passing game, then I think that's a big plus. He was already someone who I feel like understood, you know, the emotional part of the game, that leadership ability, showed that toughness, and the team rallied around him. And it, it feels like, from what Gary said about him in the offseason, just continually mentioning that the team rallies around him, they really gravitate to him, he's taking more ownership of that leadership role, that he's maturing and understanding even more, you know, what all goes into being a quarterback at a power five institution defensively. I'm, I'm not too worried about them. Um, I mean, I know you've had a ton of people banged up in the spring, but I saw TJ Carter making some plays at that safety position in the spring game, breaking up some passes. Um, Patrick Jenkins is having a really good um, off season in the interior. So I, I think they're going to be solid. Now, you know, you need everybody healthy. You would have loved to have gotten 13 or 14 practices with the first team defense. But those secondary guys, Noah Daniels and Travius, I mean, they're experienced. So I don't expect, you know, any rustiness or learning curve issues when they come back and line up. Um, and, and when they're ready, when they're ready to go, I think it'll also help you know, these wide receivers get better. Because one thing Gary said, too, was it was kind of hard to gauge exactly where his wideouts were because they're going against walk-ons at those corner and safety positions. So he couldn't really get a feel for, okay, is this group really good? Are they a lot better than my defense? Or is this just a product of I don't have the personnel right now to uh, to make this happen and get this done. And it's it's probably a mixture of both, but it will be interesting to see Quentin Johnston against those first-team DBs when we get around to it. And I'll also say a guy that I forgot about, and I mentioned earlier because he had the big touchdown catch, Blake Newell is someone that I, I didn't mention in that wide receiver room when we were doing off-season position group review. But he kind of fits that mold of Blair Conright as well. And the more I think about it, I, I mean, they are just really stacked up and down when it comes to uh, to these wideouts. They have a good mix of big physical guys like Quentin and Savion Williams. And then they have, you know, inside slot receivers like Tay Barber and J.D. Spielman. And you add some more possession guys like Newell and Blair Conright, they are very, very balanced at that wideout position. And I think that bodes well for Max when he steps in there. If anybody else has to step in there at a given time, 
that's going to give them a lot of confidence and the ability to spread the ball around and make plays. Uh, we'll come back and wrap up shop. I did want to tell you, though, about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, they cover everything. Right now, MLB, um, NBA, as it barrels towards the playoffs, the NHL, they got on lock. They can tell you exactly how you need to wager, exactly how you need to bet to make some money. BetOnline.ag is run by Lee Sterling, who's been working in this world for years. He does a fantastic job. He's got all the latest info. Um, and it's also just a good sports site. I mean, there's injury news. Anything you need to know, BetOnline.ag will take care of it. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 20% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, try it today. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Did want to let you know uh, D1 baseball rankings came out on Monday morning, and TCU now sits at eighth in the nation. So they might made a nice little jump after uh, sweeping Oklahoma State. They're also um, sitting third in RPI. So uh, in a really good situation right now to host, and that'll be decided soon. So hopefully they can keep this up as they continue to get through the season. Uh, Frogs take on UTA tonight. That'll be at home at Lupton. Um, they play in UTA a lot this year. They played them a couple weeks ago in Arlington, then they get them again next week in Arlington. But tonight in Lupton, they'll take on the Mavs. And I- I'm curious to see who starts because Jacob Metter has made a number of Tuesday starts. He struggled at times. O'Reilly Cornelio came in last week and made a start against Tarleton and had some command issues early. And Slosh just wasn't having it. I mean, he just pulled him. Just flat pulled him early in that game, which is pretty wild. So, who gets the start? We'll see, um, and that will lead them into that home, the end of that home stand against Kansas coming up this weekend, playing KU. So, um, baseball's in full swing. Football spring practice coming to an end, and uh, obviously we'll we'll continue to cover the basketball team as well. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.